0: We'd like to express our appreciation to Fool and Scholar Productions for their generous support of PodTales. Fool and Scholar Productions are the creators of a horror-fantasy podcast called Dark Dice. The story was originally an RPG game, but it's been turned into a full-production audio drama, complete with an orchestral soundtrack. Six travelers embark on a journey into the Dead Pines to find their town's missing children, but a sinister creature that can take the form and voice of the heroes infiltrates their midst as it kills and replaces them one by one can our heroes figure out who the monster is before it's too late can you find out today on dark dice available however you listen to podcasts i've been meaning to listen to that tell me more about it welcome to folklore Folkslore is a queer horror
1: audio drama set in Glasgow produced by Tin Can Audio and In the Works Spoken Word Theatre Company. Folkslore deals with aspects of the queer experience that embody the dichotomy of a life lived between two worlds. These stories are not about being queer, rather these are stories about queer life written by queer people. Folkslore asks the question if paranoia is common sense How can you tell when you're being unreasonable? This episode, Warehouse, is part of a three episode pilot we released in February 2020. The good news is we'll be back in the new year with our first full season of Creeping Dread. Enjoy!
2: Matthew, tell me about last night.
1: We decided to meet on the corner of West Street.
2: You and Luke?
1: Me and Luke. I took the number two and waited by the gates. He was late. The air was cold and the wind cut through the holes in my gloves and damp in my old shoes. I paced at the entrance, stared at the smashed windows, the heavy wooden doors, chained clothes. I was worried. What if he didn't show? We'd said we'd meet at eight. And when was this arranged? We'd met in the south side. The house where the Hutchie folk go dancing, spent the night laughing and chatting. The rich kids were there, but they didn't seem to see us. Near the end of the night, he suggested we should meet up.
2: And that was last night?
1: Yeah. When he eventually made it, we went for a walk, talked nonsense for a while, when we heard a voice. It was coming from inside. Inside where? The warehouse.
2: And you were outside?
1: Right. We were just walking the grounds till we heard this horrible sound. There was no one around, so it was up to us to make sure no one was hurt.
2: And you two were just wondering? You weren't up to anything?
1: I I don't know what you mean.
2: Matthew, I need you to be honest with me. What happened between you and Luke?
1: Okay. I'll try honesty. He was late. I got there at eight, waited by the gates, checked out the smashed windows for a way in then... Hey. Hey. He was wearing a faded red polo neck. Jeans flared and frayed at the edges, dress sense quite effortless, a bag in his back, contents mysterious, a smile so wide, thoughts quite mischievous, wise eyes tracing my face for silent meanings he's stopped a couple paces away hey what did he bring? nothing Matthew have you got the stuff? I said it before thinking I mean did it all go okay? he'd said his cousin could get us beer said we could meet here said inside was safe and that's the whole story? well
2: Matthew I think I see where this is going you're not a good liar, and it's very obvious you're getting flustered. So, just so you know,
1: there's no judgment. We had met in the South Side, the house where the hutchy folk go dancing, spent the night laughing and chatting, talking close. The rich kids were there, but they didn't seem to notice. The next day, I found a note he had left in my coat a black and white, scratchily sketched rose. He said his cousin could get booze for his. I said, who else? He said, just the two of us. When I was waiting by the gates and he said, hey, I was shaking. Face redder than his faded polo neck. Thoughts all over the place like the frayed edges of his jeans took every effort I had to stay inside. I expected silence, the shuffle of feet on concrete and the muffled sound of heartbeats, instead the wind slid across smashed glass as it swept in, vibrating the air and the window panes, steel creaked from overhead with every move we made, the wall offered no obstacle to sound from the street. Engines revved like breath, headlights played puppets with work benches and desks dancing candles preceded by shadows. The darkest corners and corridors uncovered for an instant the light barely breaking on any brick before being pushed out, the night claiming background. Look lit a torch. The light dripped down the wall, investigating those hard to reach places, and settled on the floor. In the centre of the space, the concrete had cracked, concave, our paths creased to reveal steel beams, the only crossing to the other side. Inspecting. A stone dropped, hit something hard, but the light did not fall so far. I stood, stiff and unwilling for what I knew was coming. Look smiled, led me forward, looking back, heard me hesitate, took my hand. Three treacherous steps. Three held breath. Three seconds of near silence. On the other side of the cavern, look barely trembled, looked brave the adventurer as he led me down to the foundation. You scared? look led me down to I don't know where. As we left the pitch black of the stairs, we met a long corridor, wide enough for wheeling parts to the elevator at the back. The sound changed. The street outside was muted. We lost the creaking of the ceiling. Instead, we could hear movement. Scratching of tiny nails, scampering to hide away from a foreign noise, we brought in breath and step and conversation in a place which had been silent for an age. Every room was dormant, the walls were concrete corner to corner, indents were left on the ground where once was something heavy, now empty. Except one. After getting our bearings, we found an old office with a cracked leather couch. This was our spot. So we stopped. Sat down. Luke pulled out two bottles, and we toasted to our closed-down ghost town. What are the girls like in your school?
2: Well, some of them are cool. A lot of us are friends, but then that's a lot easier when...
1: The nerves kick in. How do you do that? Make something so tough for the rest of us look effortless. I struggle to talk to girls I like.
2: Do you feel the same with guys?
1: Well, it's not the same. Don't know what girls are like and the ones I've liked, well...
2: I'm not really interested in the girls you like. Right, let's take this to the next stage. How about a little game? Unless you're scared. Truth or dare?
1: Sure. I wasn't but I wasn't scared either. True.
2: Do you like anyone?
1: There it was again. That confidence, his whole body open as he talked like this, while I'm closed off, knees together, hands in my pockets, hiding on my side of the couch he's lounging about. Okay, there.
2: You can't take it back, you already said truth.
1: Not the rules.
2: Those are the rules.
1: Not my rules. Okay. You go first.
2: Ask me anything. (laughs)
1: Damn. I'm bad at this. You ever done weed
2: with the hutchy kids? Is that a serious question? Because it's a wasted one. Yes, a couple of times I've gone round the back of that flat with a couple of guys. Okay. Your turn.
1: There. I'm not afraid.
2: If you say so. So, I dare you to stand on your own in the room next door. One minute, no torch.
1: it there. I ain't scared. The room was pitch black. There was a trickle of water pulling at the back of the room. Other than that, quiet. Couldn't hear look or the wind, or the cars. My fingers fidgeted, heart raced. I waited. Lost count. So just as long as I could reveled in the thought of him getting spooked, waited for him to come looking. Eventually I went back to our room. Okay, I did it. Back to you.
2: Truth. And try and make this one good.
1: You've been with anyone? Look raised an eyebrow, then a bottle to his lips.
2: A few people. If you want to know more, you're going to have to be more specific.
1: That's not fair. Your go. There.
2: Sit over there. Eyes closed. 30 seconds.
1: Fine. I dusted off a square of floor, took a seat, and stole a last glance, closed my eyes. This was a different silence. His eyes rang bells in my ears until... After several seconds, I could hear movement, light footsteps, small breaths. I waited to feel his presence. I had fought against expecting it, but I was waiting for him to get close. And time. His voice came from over on the couch, still lounging across his side and mine.
2: Looks a little comfier over there. Let me join you.
1: He picked up his bag, bottle, sauntered over. Truth. Do you like him?
2: Yes. You need to get better at this. Don't worry, I'll be here when you get it. It's on you, Matthew.
1: He was right. He'd done all he could. Truth.
2: What do you want me to dare you to do?
1: I adopted his confident pose, stared him straight in the face, dust danced around his hand as it moved to beside mine. Then he waited for me to say,
0: Dare you, dare
1: you, dare you, dare you, dare you. We kissed. I was leaning back, my hand scratched on stone. Under the weight of my body, I could feel glass press into my palms. He rested a hand on my chest. It fell awkwardly, but his confidence steadied me. The chill of his finger landed on my collarbone just above my shirt. Ran through me like a current. For a second, there was silence. What was that? He looked hurt. The first sliver of a fissure in his otherwise calm demeanour. I thought... No. Not you. I just... I heard something. Good. You good? He leaned forward, head to the side as I closed my eyes, cautiously. I thought I saw... We kissed. I moved off the back hand, dusted dirt and blood from my palms, pushed into his lips. Tried to act as confident as him. He let me. Relented. Then leant on his elbow, rested, let my head, looked up from below me. Still in control. Only in the seconds we broke for breath was I back in the basement. For the most part, I was concentrating. Keeping up. What? I stopped. Did you You hear that? Confused, look withdrew, looked curiously at me, over his shoulder, and then fumbled for the torch. The light did little to sate my worry A single beam it cut slim slices from ceiling to concrete Leaving much too much shadow and cold angles in the dark I swear I heard something I swear I heard, I think I heard Did you? He shook his head I wanted to run Then and there I I thought I heard... Someone...
2: Are you worried about us being found? Is that why you're freaking out?
1: No No, no, this is nice. It's really, I'm having a good time. I'm sorry, can we?
2: Matthew, just don't be so on edge. We're doing nothing wrong. Relax.
1: He went in for a kiss, but... I'm not just being skittish, and I don't want to think something's wrong. I just, I just, I just, I think I heard someone. His smile let out a sigh of light scorn and the moment of tenderness, of trepidatious steps taken, were gone.
2: We can leave if you
1: want. I don't. Confessions come in whispers. They need to, to be heard. He sat back down beside me, hand on my knee, his face turned to meet the soft centre of my cheek. As I looked up for a second, covering the space. I closed my eyes in comfort. On the lids was imprinted a face. God. God, 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 God! I couldn't do it. I needed to leave. Something was coming and it knew we were here.
2: Right, what's going on? I'm kind of getting sick of this. Are you just not into it?
1: There's someone here. Give me the torch. Look over there. I saw a face by the stairs. Black eyes, red hair, a blood freezing stare. Matthew, there's nobody there. Luke cut my chin. His face had changed. It was stern and strange. Concerned and pained worried, Contorted and concentrated. And I wanted him to kiss me to get back to that silence. Then the torchlight flickered not from its source but from where it fell on the wall a shadow passed by and now it was back in its element we wouldn't find it in the dark I need to leave trust me this is not what I wanted but this place this building my mind something is haunted the walls were closing the ceiling was rising the wind was whipping up dust and dirt my hand was stinging with blood red and wet an omen of dread felt a tug on the back of my shirt I'm going footsteps echo through the corridors stamping breathless ringing didn't stop when I paused hand held out to look in warning silence then, scuttering, tiny nails on concrete, this time, like an April shower, a torrent of water splashing over glass and scampering away as quick as it came, a horde at our feet running from something. I looked up. The ceiling caved in above, a single set of headlights illuminating faces on every surface, barbed wire scraping against the walls, mouths screaming, silent hills. Look. Look!
2: I'm here. I I thought I saw a light in the room we went by.
1: Look, this place is broken and creepy.
2: I think I'm beginning to agree.
1: Until we get out of here, please. Don't leave me. Okay held out his hand. I grabbed it. We clambered past the stramash of cracked ceiling and stone, the torchlight doing little to steady our woes. Look, lurched it, left and right, ahead, behind. We stopped every few seconds to listen, feeling a presence on the edge of our vision. Long will we wander the corridor the it through constantly expanding, and amazed with to pursuit until the door to the stairway came into view. Darkness. Slow, deliberate steps. Listen for the expected echo. Waiting. Silence. Feeling the pockmarked walls, something to hold on to the skin of the building as we headed for the exit. The warehouse, the workroom, the windows, the headlights, the howling wind, the hellscape ferris smell, the ceiling, the high walled cavern, the crushed floor cave in. Only one way out of this, over the steel. Beam bridge. Looking and I stopped, held hands and gazes, a comforting heat in a world set ablaze.
2: Almost there, we got this.
1: I nodded, swallowed. He stole a kiss, pressing forward. Three treacherous steps. Three held breaths. Three seconds of mere silence. One. I can feel him behind me. Two. He moves onto the steel beam. Three. I've made it to safety. I can breathe. Matt? His voice trembled. Two. Three. Three easy steps. You're almost there. Take my hand.
2: Matt, I can feel it on my back. Steps. Two
1: and three, it's easy. Matt! Matthew, it's fine. Take your time. You could have stepped across. I don't know why. Matthew, I need to know what happened. Luke's lucky to be alive, he barely survived. What do you need to know? In the factory, there was only the two of you. I'm not sure. Son, I need you to tell me the truth. I don't know. Luke hasn't said much since he's woken up. But you keep saying he fell, and I need to make sure. I don't know. Matthew. Luke
2: keeps saying he was pushed.
0: We'd like to express our appreciation to Fool and Scholar Productions for their generous support of Tales. Full and Scholar Productions are the creators of the award-winning sci-fi podcast, Vast Horizon. Join agronomist Dr. Nalira Eck as she embarks on a spaceship designed to populate a new solar system and wakes up alone on one of the ship's operating tables. Unable to find anyone else on board the vessel, which has numerous mission-critical problems, it quickly becomes one woman's fight for survival against the vast emptiness of space. Vast Horizon is available for free however you listen to podcasts. So check it out today to experience new things, new skies, and new people.